This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hi, Liz. Okay, I was driving on Highway 69 Saturday, and I just could not get over how many boats were being towed, campers being towed. In my neighborhood, there's also usually a truck with a trailer filled with uh, lawn maintenance equipment. Uh, The van I have right now doesn't have a hitch, but I've often had a need for one. So uh, I want you to talk to me about towing stuff with your vehicle between everybody's uh, vehicle repair questions. So, um, Allison, what um, could could I, how do, where, where do hitches get attached to vehicles? Because I imagine if you attach it in the wrong place, you'll have some trouble. Um, so, um, all vehicles, it, it basically attaches to the frame, and on the frame, there are holes there to attach it, and um, it can it can be kind of interesting of how you, you make it attach. Some of them you are, have threaded holes. You can just bolt it right in, like most trucks are that way, but if you're putting it on like a car or a vehicle that that doesn't normally tow, sometimes you have to drill a hole and then there's like a, a bracket that you slide in for the bolt to, to stay in so you can bolt in the frame. Um, so that can be a little more involved as far as putting one on for that. But for like a truck, you just, you just bolt it right into the frame. Um, and so, you know, it could take two people to do it because it could be kind of heavy to lift the tow hitch up. But that's basically how it works. It just attaches to the frame on your car. Well, if, I mean, if something's pre-drilled, pre-holed, that seems uh, very convenient. So is that something a person could do for themselves if if they find out that their vehicle is already uh, trailer hitch ready? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's 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 pretty easy, um, pretty simple procedure to to put it in. Um, like I said, you just want to have a, an extra pair of hands to hold it in place while you while you bolt it in. And um, if you have one that it doesn't need drilled or anything like that, it, you just basic tools to do that, and you know you don't need anything special. And um, yeah, you can you can do that yourself. I can imagine everything can't tow everything. So how can you find out how much weight your vehicle could tow? Um, for one thing, it has your tow capacity in your owner's manual. But if um, you don't find it in there, you can calculate it. Um, so on your car, we open the driver's side door. There's a a little placard, a little label there inside your door that tells you how much your car weighs, and then you subtract that from your gross vehicle weight that that it can handle. And so that'll give you how much you can add to the car to be towing. 
and to you know calculate it yourself like that that little bracket we've talked about before what's some of the other information that's on that little bracket on the driver door handle door side it has your VIN number it has when the car was made um, it has a, a lot of information on it it's where it was made and of course like how much it weighs and and um, it's, a, it's a lot of little information on there so that's just uh, something that's on all vehicles and it's on the driver's side car door when you open it up it's either sometimes that label is on the car door itself sometimes it's on the car in the door jam now how do you find out how much what you're towing weighs um and you can use scales to measure everything and, and weigh it um another thing you can do is there's a little device and you put in how many like what you're weighing whether it be your vehicle or a trailer and how many tires it has and then you you go around you put it in front of each tire and you roll over it and it tells you how much that weighs and then you do it to each tire and it'll calculate up how much everything weighs like that by weighing the weight of one tire at a time and um, so that's a pretty neat little device um, to, to weigh everything. Oh, that sounds like math and magic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a phone call. Let's go to Tim in Jackson. Tim, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Tim, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? I just wanted to say that U-Haul does a great job in installing one. Uh, I've had them to do it twice. I mean, they'll do the whole light workup and everything. They're great. Oh, that's handy to know. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, what did you What did you uh, What did you haul when you got your uh, hitch attached? Yeah, I had one installed on a uh, van of mine, and uh, we had a little trailer, uh, portable trailer, hollow lawnmower, whatever on. And uh, he, he done the light switch, the light plug in, which I was completely lost about, you know. But uh, he had all that hooked up for me and everything, and it worked like a charm. Fantastic. Good to know, Tim. Thanks very much. You're welcome. We're talking about towing stuff today. Maybe trailers, maybe campers, but that's also just between your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, Tim talked about uh, lights. I know from when I helped uh, my daddy when we would tow a boat, you have to get you have to make sure you plug in lights so that if you, you know, hit the brake on your car, the brake lights on the trailer work. How hard is that to get going? Do, do vehicles have pre-installed light connections by where a trailer hitch would be? Some do and some don't. Um, so it does take a little, I, a little bit of know-how on how to do wiring and crimping it and, and splicing the wires and 
and uh, in, in prepping them to be installed. So, um, but that's still simple, still a simple procedure, and you know anyone can do it with just basic, basic wiring tools that you can buy like a kit for or something like that, and um, and then do that, and you know and and you know as long as everything's working, you know you did it right. Well, I know they have uh, different side. They you have your ball hitch, and you connect the the lights and I seem to remember like some kind of chain is there a safety chain that folks should have yeah some of them do have a safety chain it's just extra precaution if something was to come loose and that'll that'll get you to where you can get on the side of the road you know and you know safe and I have gone crazy I guess it's kind of pandemic dream wishing i've seen a number of the youtube videos of people pulling uh, trailers or campers and is there some uh, uh, an extra kind of safety bar or does the is the bar the same thing as a chain it's the same thing as a chain just to help if there's some sort of failure uh, you know, like if you didn't attach the trailer to the the ball correctly and it came loose, you hit a bump and it comes loose, and you know it'll it'll hold it on there and get you where um, like you can just pull off the side of the road and check and and reset everything or fix it. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about towing stuff. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. listening to autocorrect with allison walker the lady auto mechanic i'm liz gill and if you want even more autocorrect please find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 here are the recalls for the week 
Buick Envision SUV, Cadillac CT4 and CT5 sedans, Escalade and Escalade ESV SUVs, Chevrolet Corvette sports car, and Tahoe and Suburban SUVs, and GMC Yukon and Yukon SL SUVs are being recalled for vehicle airbag warning lights. Dealers will update that software for you in the Communications Gateway module for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website. That's nhtsa.gov slash recall. And just input your VIN number or find the Safer Car app. And remember, Allison just told us our VIN number is on that metal plate that's either on the driver door or on the door threshold of the car. We're talking about towing stuff today, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, I thank y'all for taking my call. I've, I've never had to call y'all because I've never had any problems with my car, but I need some help. I've got a 2013 Toyota uh, Yaris, Y-A-R-I-S, and it's a hatchback. I love that car. It's never given me one iota of trouble. But when I got in the car yesterday and turned turned on, the an engine icon came on. And um, the only thing I can think that I've done differently is I turned the air conditioner on the day before. I could turn that on have triggered something to be wrong with the um well, everybody says, you know, you got to go put it on the computer and let them check it out and see what's... But it's 40 miles to the nearest uh, Toyota dealership, so is it safe to drive that far to see what's, what's going on with this car? I, it, the light did come on one time about two years ago, and what it was was the gas cap. I had to get a new gas cap, and that solved the problem. I don't know if it's that the same thing this time or not. Well, what can I do? What should I do? Is there an auto parts store near you? They can check the light for free and give you an idea of what's going on. No, I live way out in the boondocks. It, it's like uh, 25 miles one way or 40 miles the other way. I, I'm, I'm not close enough just to go next door or something, you know. What? What? I don't know what to do. If you can crank it up in a drive and it sounds fine, it may be something else going on with it. So it's safe to get it to where you can check it. Um, Toyota will charge a lot to check it, but an auto parts store can do it for free and give you an idea of what's going on. Okay, at least get an idea, huh? Right, because it, it may be, like, engine-related, but, I mean, if it's cranking, it's running Yes, yeah, doing fine. I mean, but that seeing that light bothers me because, but the car I get in, it works fine. I'm scared to try to turn the air conditioner back on, though. You know, it's probably not related to the air conditioning, so that that's you know highly unlikely that it's related to that. But um, you know, if it's running and driving fine, it could very easily just be something else, like you know, like you know, like the gas cap or something within that system. There's other parts of that system that that uh, takes care of the fumes coming from the fuel tank that can act up, that don't affect your your engine running, you know, but they can, they'll put on a check engine light because it affects emissions. And so that's that's something that'll turn on the check engine lights if it's part of your emission system acts up. And then your car will still be running fine, but um, it'll set that check engine light off. Well, what is your opinion about the 2013 Yaris? That's the best car I've ever had. <laughs> 
they're they're a really good car. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good car. Well, thank Definitely. you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you, Sue. Let's now go to Doug in Ocean Springs. Doug, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, I've got a question about a, a trailer. I've got a, a utility trailer here, and it's got several ratings on the side, so I don't know what my load capacity is, and I don't know what they mean. One of them says GVWR, which is 2,990 pounds, and they got another one that says GAWR, and it says uh, 1,356 pounds per axle. And then I got another one on the tires, and it says a load should never exceed 1,990 pounds. So how do I know how much I can put on this trailer? And what do those GVWR and GAWR uh, mean? Um, so that's like the GAWR is – your weight just of a vehicle and the other weight is what maximum it can hold so if you subtract those from each other then they should tell you how much you can pull or add to the weight of the car and um and then so the i guess the other are are ratings on your trailer that's how much your trailer can hold but you want to use the amount that your car is telling you it can handle and not go over that and then of course you want to um, compare that to what the trailer will hold, what your hitch will hold, and make sure those are both built to handle that kind of weight. If, uh, if that gives you an idea of how much you can tow, um, I, I hope that helps you, you figure that out. Okay. Well, my, my main concern is how much I can put on the trailer. I've got a really large truck, and it can tow up to 9,000 pounds, it says. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to get some sod to bring it to my yard, and those weigh anywhere from 1,800 to 2,700 pounds, depending on how wet they are. And I didn't know if I could put it on this trailer or not, and I can't tell by this rating. The only thing I can see is it says on the tire, it should not exceed 1,990 pounds. But I don't know if that's each tire or the total put in the trailer or what. I'm not completely sure about that myself. I want to uh, Google that and look it up. Um, I just kind of know like some basic things about figuring up your your, your towing. Um, but so when it says per axle in there, I guess you you go by how many how many axles does the trailer have? Does it have two? It just or? Has, no, it just has one. Just has one. Yeah. It sounds like your trailer can't hold as much as you're trying to put on it. To me, like you, you want to get a, a a trailer that can handle more weight. You're 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 off five. What is that like? A, um, almost a a thousand pounds. So sounds like you'd want to get um, a different trailer. Or you're right at max, so you know you might want to consider a different trailer for to carry that that heavy of a load. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Allison, remind me: a single axle, double axle. So if a trailer, okay, the trailer is connecting to the truck at the hitch. So if it has one wheel on either side, that's a single axle. Right. And and so a double axle would be if it had four wheels. Yeah, four wheels total be two axles. 
I never knew that hitches had uh, weight capacity. Right, yeah, it's different. And then if you have the fifth wheel where it attaches in the bed of your truck, that's a different uh, how much weight it can pull on that. So you, it can, you can pull more weight from a gooseneck or fifth wheel hitch than you can at your your um, your the at, at the rear of your truck on a tow hitch. All right, let's go to Louisiana and talk to Timothy. Timothy, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? My comment is this: the best uh, the best um, hitch attachment I ever had and a light setup. Well, I got it done at U-Haul. Awesome. And uh, you know they they ran the wires real nice. They made everything just beautiful. And they built the hitch for the car, and so I was just pleased as punch. It lasted for years and years. And to the guy who's hauling the sod, I've seen. I work at a sod farm, and I've seen so many busted axles and, and flattened tires because they underestimated the weight of the sod. Sod is running from two thousand to four thousand pounds per pallet. So I would on a one axle trailer like that. I would only recommend one pallet of sod what a community we have doug i hope you're still listening because timothy knows everything fantastic <laughs> timothy so, didn't you know we've had timothy call in to all the uh, mpb shows and i never knew you worked at a sod farm that and who knew that that would come in handy on autocorrect who knew yes we all have a groovy day oh you too take care Fantastic. Let's go to Francis in Mobile. Love these Alabama listeners and Louisiana listeners. Tennessee listeners are in Arkansas listeners aren't too shabby either. Francis, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Good morning. I have a 2008 Dodge Nitro. Um, I'm having some air conditioning problems. It does not lack Freon. Everything's good on the Freon level. Um, but it is really spotty. Sometimes I can get in the vehicle three times in a row. The air conditioning will kick right on when I push the button. Sometimes it won't kick on at all. Sometimes I drive, you know, a mile or two, it'll kick on. Sometimes I'll have to drive 10 or 15 miles or be on the interstate by the time it finally kicks on. There is no way with them that I can figure out why this thing is being so spotty. Any suggestions? You need to have it diagnosed by an AC specialist or a shop that's very familiar with diagnosing AC systems. They're kind of like their own little specialty area. And something that could be happening is there, there's the pressure switch on the AC compressor that could be acting up, and here and there it's telling it to turn off because it's sensing too much pressure. Or not enough ah. pressure. That's something that could be happening. Um, you could have a clog in the system somewhere, even though it's showing Freon. You're you and you have enough Freon in it, but it's not circulating correctly. That could be happening. You could have where the switch that you're turning it on and off with that that is actually acting up. So there's there's a few things that could cause the system to not work properly, even though that has Freon in it. So you want to have someone who's uh, good with diagnostics on AC systems and can figure that out for you. 
All right. Well, thank you. That will give me something to go by. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the next show. Thank you. Thanks, Francis. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Tom in New Albany, going from Meridian to New Albany. So, Tom, uh, what's your comment or question for autocorrect? Well, Timothy beat me to it on uh, on helping the fellow with the trailer. Oh, well, we want your help, too, Tom. You tell us what you know. Well, the GBWR on the trailer tongue is telling you don't use a vehicle that has a smaller gross vehicle weight rating than that. And then the GAWR is gross axle weight rating. That's how much you can place directly over the axle before it would fail, you know, at speed. Then, of course, his tire rating was a little lower than, uh, well, yeah, no, his, his tongue rating, uh, uh, GAWR, I think, was, what, 1,300? And then his tires said no more than 1,900. So, you know, his tires at least would, would not fail before the axle would, if, that, if I'm right on those numbers, I forget. Anyway, um, and then the tongue ratings, yes, if you're on a ball hitch and you've got that amount of weight that it says is your limit, if it's forward of the axle, your tongue could shear, it could fail. That's, they're telling you don't put more weight than that on the tongue which you wouldn't want to do anyway because then it's going to make you do wheelies and you're going down the road. Anyway, uh, for my question, I have a – it's similar to the lady with the AC problem. Uh, I've got an 04 GMC Envoy XUV. It's the convertible pickup. And my, my forward vents don't blow straight at my face. That's I know what that is. That's a port problem inside the dash. But uh, I, have, I have, you know, blowing at the feet and blowing through the, the – uh, defrost vents is fine. So I'm tooling along, coming back from down, and have it on low. And for some reason, it automatically just kicked into high on its own. And I thought, okay, well, that's weird. I didn't hadn't touched anything. But as soon as I killed the engine in the driveway, the blower continued to blow. The only way I got it to stop was to get under there and pull the relay in the fuse box. So now I have no blower whatsoever. And if I just plug the relay in, no key in it or anything, it'll start blowing. What could have caused that? It's not the relay that's the problem. There's somewhere there's a, I don't know, a switch or a sensor. What could that be? Did you already replace that relay? Well, I I pulled a different one of the same rating from another spot, stick it in there, and there it goes blowing again. Same same thing's happening. Okay. um, Is it blowing cold when it does that, or is it just blowing? It's just blow. I mean, I don't ever run the AC compressor, just period. I mean, that's a gas guzzler, and all I need to do is circulate the air. And um, it's it's just bum-fuzzling me, you know, that it's... Um, The blower fan, it could be uh, the blower fan, the motor, is, it's, for some reason, it's it's switching into the high mode, which is basically direct to power, is right. with no resistance at all, and some, for some reason, it's staying stuck with uh, direct power on that. It may be within that little resistor unit um, that it selects the 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 fan speeds that's doing that and, so and it could be in the dash at the selector then instead of on the motor I hope because it's impossible to get to that blower motor it's behind a whole bunch of stuff 
I really they're usually somewhat easy to get to. Um, you can look and see where the resistor's at and see if replacing that is more easy than doing the blower motor, and right. it, it may be. Um, but that's that resistor can act up and and do that. Now I, I haven't heard it particularly where it's staying on with the key off though, but uh, that switch, like you said, in the dash where the you actually select it, turn it on and off. May it may be in that. Um, so well, that's, since that poor thing has failed, you know, where it no longer switches over to blow through the the up the vents facing you, um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe you know something else now has gone askew in there, and that might have caused it, you know, because also here's the funny thing, the other day my check engine light blinked a few times and then it went out again, and since that has happened, when when you crank the vehicle, it will tell you what your exterior temperature is, and it was 89 degrees except the display says it's 50 and will not change. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yeah, the, the, the control unit pretty much is probably ubu screwed up. So uh, I'll, I'll just have to pull that whole unit, I guess, and, and have it check and everything. But that, it's odd because about three months ago, I had a similar problem. Uh, you have, you know, automatic lights. You kill your car, they stay on 30 seconds or whatnot. And so I come home, I kill my car, I go in the house. I come out the next morning, and they were off when I went in the house. I came back out of the house. My daytime driving lights were on. No key in the car. They had just decided to turn themselves on. So I had to remove the fuse for that to keep those from coming on and off on their own when they want to. I've got a gremlin. That's what I got. I got one of those little, uh, one of those little, Creatures that's uh, messing around in, in my fuse box, I guess. But happening. GMC is, you know, they they do when they start get older, they start having electrical problems, and and so you may you may just be starting to have like electrical problems on it. All of those problems would have to be like you pull electrical schematics and find out how it's wired to figure out what's going on with it, and they they're actually all they should be separate problems. My main worry was, you know, it's got an engine management system on it, and I didn't know if maybe this one controller box, which is plugged into everything, monitors everything, if it's starting to go, uh, you know, if it's starting to have uh, uh, senior moments or whatnot, because like you said, when they get older, and this one's 04, that's 17 years old, um, and I've got 233,000 miles on it. Um, but um, I'm wondering if maybe it's having senior moments and, and, and causing these little, like I said, little gremlins here and there. But oh. I don't know. That's, um, it could be, but I, I'm definitely not certain on that. And what might help out is if you take it to a, an electrical automotive shop. Right. They have those all, they're separate from everything else. That's all they do is electrical. And they may kind of get start pointing you in the right direction of what's going on with it, and maybe do a little bit of diagnostics and figure out what's going on. But that's your step that you'd want to pull like electrical schematics, and it, it might be kind of a pain to figure out. But you know, use that schematic to figure out 
how it's wired and that can help you figure it out oh god bless you with that tom that getting that electrical all oh, sorted out oh that that at some point allison do you have to make the choice of whether it's worth to fix it or not because they could be hunting around for electrical problems for a while it just depends. Like you, you might, it, if it's worth it to keep the car, just keep pulling a fuse, or like I said, pay to have it diagnosed and fixed. Which the thing with electrical, sometimes it diagnostics can take a little while, and it can cost a little bit for the diagnostics. It just depends on how quick they're able to find it. Our email, our, <laughs> our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Our informational topic is towing stuff, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on support and make a contribution. Contributions keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy Thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. And Allison, we're going to be broadcasting live from South Life Car Show at Trustmark Park in Pearl, Mississippi on July 31st. Allison, somebody asked me today, what kind of cars do they have at South Life Car Show? What would you say? Well, there's a great mix, and that's what I like about this show. It's not just muscle cars. It's not just hot rods and a bunch of LS swaps in there. You've got what I call the Fast and Furious bunch, where it's car like uh, ricers or import cars. Um, 
you know, in there mixed in. You've got trucks. We even have some, we have had industrial vehicles that have been remodeled and are absolutely gorgeous. So a good mixture of different kinds of cars. And, of course, we still have your, your muscle cars, too, your modern ones, your old ones, and, and that crowd, too. So you still have those, but it's more of a mixture for a, for a southern car show. And it's free to get in. I will be very sad if we don't have folks come out to see us, Allison, at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 31st. And if you don't want to hang around too much, I mean, there's so much to do right there. We've got the outlets there. But just looking at all those cars, dreaming about uh, what you'd like to own, maybe reminiscing about what kind of car you might have had when you were younger or your parents had, I think it'll be something for everybody. Now, in the news, if you need, this is so much, so fantastic, if you need information and referral for a local vaccine transportation for a COVID vaccine, MDOT has a phone number for you. I'm going to give it to you now and also give it to you at the end of the show. It's 1-866-813-813. 3616. Now, this is a phone number you can call. It's in Mississippi, and they will help you get a ride so you can get a free COVID shot. So if you haven't gotten your vaccine, MDOT is working with all these organizations, wherever you are in the state, that will help get you transportation to get a COVID vaccine. And I assume get you back home, too. Anyway, that number is one 866 813-3616. I'll also give it again at the end of the show. MDOT is supporting free transportation for our citizens to local vaccine locations. We're talking about towing with your vehicle. Email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Craig from Biloxi has called us. Let's talk to Craig. Craig, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect today? Okay, I'm going back to the uh, trailer hitch, and if I have a trailer hitch installed, it's going to be a Reese hitch. Uh, for one, that that, that is a uh, two-inch socket, basically, that a two-inch square tube socket that you can put attachments into it. And all these trailer hitches have different heights, and... If you remove it, you don't bang your leg on it every time you walk past the, the back of the car. Now, on, on what did you call it? What kind of hitch did you call it? It's a Reese hitch. It's, it's a standard hitch. Uh, like that, R-E-E-C-E or? I think it's R-E-S-S-E, I believe. Okay. okay. But you can buy the different inserts from the from the uh, like Lowe's or any auto parts stores, and and they have different heights. All these trailers are different heights, and you can buy different attachments. You can buy platforms and cranks and bicycle holders and and wheelchair holders and and all kind of things that will fit inside of this hitch receiver. It's it's a it's a reach receiver hitch. I, I don't know the technical name. I, it's, it's just a re-hitch, uh, and, uh, and that's and that's about it there. And and, and 
I lost my thought. <laughs> well, thank you. I we will have uh, it is it's R E E S E Reese Hitches, and we appreciate you mentioning that, Craig. That's fantastic to know. Yeah, I was thinking about um, uh, boats and campers and things, but yeah, I've seen folks with uh, bicycles. Uh, on yeah. the back, and you know, if you uh, had someone that you needed uh, to carry a wheelchair around, that's great thinking. Thank you so much, Craig. Let's go now to Francis in Natchez. Francis, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for having me on. I got a 2005 uh, Grand Cherokee Laredo full-time uh, four-wheel drive uh, Jeep, and I got the manual to it. But what happen- what's happening is when I give it gas, it-, it shudders a little bit. It shakes a little bit, and it only seems to happen when I'm going up a hill. Well, sometimes it happens when I'm uh, going flat, but when I get off the gas, it, it, cuts- it-, it stops. And if I give it a little bit more gas, it, it stops. Uh, what do you think could be the problem? Um, would it be that old? I wonder if perhaps your fuel pressure regulator is acting up, maybe, and it's um, it's kind of starving it when you're putting it on throttle, and um, like pushing through when you're going faster, or or, or when you're letting off the gas. Um, but it does sound like something in your fuel system is acting up. It, maybe your fuel pump's starting to try to give out on it or something like that. So I would have, um, yeah, I don't know if you feel comfortable doing a fuel pressure test yourself, but that's something you can rent from an auto parts store mm-hmm. and check it out. And that At least that'll get you a start on figuring out what's going on. Now, the manual says... Uh that it might be a toe-in problem, you know, front-end toe-in problem with the tires. But would a toe-in problem cause the tires to wear? It will cause the tires to wear out. For it to shudder, I, I don't I don't know if that would be causing that, but definitely will make your tires wear out real fast if your toe's not set correct. Okay, but the tires aren't wearing out, so... Huh. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll check the uh, fuel pressure then. Okay. All right, thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Thank you, Francis. We're discussing towing and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. He starts it with a strange little car, uh, but to me it sounds like the name of a dinosaur. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. What we're driving this week is a strange little performance car that just makes a lot of sense. It's the 2021 Hyundai Veloster N. And that little letter means a lot. 
which means you get the aggressive ground effects on the outside, the rear wing, the 19-inch alloy wheels. And inside, you get the deeply bolstered sports seats, thick leather-wrapped steering wheel, automatic climate control, infinity audio system, and all the crash avoidance systems. Being a Veloster, it's very practical. On the left side, it looks like a sport coupe, looks like it'd be a two-door car, but on the right side, you get that third extra rear door. So you get a sports car, it's also very practical day-to-day. -day. Under the hood, you get a two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, delivers 275 horsepower, and gets down the road, 0 to 5.1 seconds. So let's talk about price. It starts just over $32,000. This one all in, $34,745. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. A contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org, where on the April 15th, 2021, you'll hear our show about air conditioners. We've had a lot of air conditioner questions today. So April 15th, 2021, you can find our air conditioner show, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. We're going to power through these next calls. Let's go to John in Mobile. John, thanks for calling into Autocorrect today. What's your comment or question? Thank you, Liz, for taking my call. Uh, I had a few. Uh, let's see. Uh, the first one is simple. Uh, tire pressure. Uh, is there anything wrong with adding a couple extra pounds to your tires for a firmer ride? I've got a 2001 Mercury Sable, and it specifies 30 pounds cold pressure. But I, I really don't think I like the kind of mushy ride it gives. Would I do better with a couple extra pounds? Because all the other cars I've driven have specified 32. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to try that. That's not going to to do anything very different to your car whether it makes it stiff enough for you it, it might it might still not be stiff um mercury sable just have a real soft rod so you might change your suspension out and get some stiffen it up a little bit but um but you can definitely try the tires and see if that does it for you and that's okay. it's not going to hurt anything all right, I'll do that. Uh, now, AC, uh, I, I caught your message about the April 15th uh, program, which I'll check out. But which method do you uh, recommend? Uh, they sell these kits in the big box stores where you can just attach it, a, a can of Freon, uh, or you can take it into a mechanic and have the system evacuated uh, completely and then refilled. Um, is... Uh, evacuating the AC system better than those uh, CAN methods? It's way better because it it monitors the pressures the whole time to make sure 
you'll put too much in there and it checks for a leak when you do it so it's definitely well worth it and it it only costs like maybe forty dollars more than one of those cans do so it's it's worth it to do that Okay, Give or take, that's really how much it costs. Um, and then the final one about towing. Um, I guess it's okay on SUVs, but for like a sedan like this one, I might want to tow something. But what do you attach the tow, um, you know, metal to when it's all sheet metal in the car? You know, unibody frame, that kind of thing. It'll still have like a, it's not an actual like frame but it looks like the frame rails and on the unibody it'll still have like like the part that looks like um like a separate frame like a truck but it's but you'll see where it attaches to it on the underside of the car you may have to drop the exhaust out of the way and heat shields and you know move some components out of the way to see where the attached points are but um, that's where it can get for cars it can be a little bit more involved then on a truck where it usually there they already have the attach points there on the frame or a car can be a little more involved to figure it out okay is that something i'd take it to a mechanic for or is that a do-it-yourself you can do it yourself or take it to a mechanic but it, um and just be prepared that if you do it for yourself you may need like a drill or uh you know some extra things like wire brushes and stuff like that to make sure it's, um, you know, if you're able to do the, get the holes done right to get the parts in there and attach okay. them. Thank so you very much, Allison. You're welcome. Edwin and James, you're going to have to send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org, because that's it. That's all the time we've got. Allison, we'll have to find out how autocross is going another time because this is wrapping it up for autocorrect today hey today our crew's been lisa lancaster on the phone and jay white engineering for us but allison walker who you can follow on facebook twitter and instagram as the lady auto mechanic you can also find on facebook uh k automotive group where allison uh does her wizardry magic i'm liz gill Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 